So this film we're going to be talking about today, we didn't watch last Christmas. Boom. <laughs> but we did watch it this Christmas for the first time, and that is of course last Christmas if you've probably already gathered. So I actually wanted to go and see this in the cinema last Christmas, and somebody broke my heart and was like, I don't want to pay for that to go and watch it in the cinema. Which actually, to be fair, I should have put my foot down. And said, I want to go see this. We're going to go. Because the amount of stuff that I have to go and see. That I don't really want to see. And waste hours of my life. So I'll never get back. <laughs> <laughs> and you Come couldn't on. be bothered paying, what, like £6 to go and see oh, this movie. I think you're having a laugh with the cinema <laughs> price these days, Lil. <laughs> so this is an experience of watching this film for the first time this year. And for our first christmas themed episode Woo! it's finally here i am so happy and it's so excited i don't know if you know don't know if i banged on about it enough i think you have yeah <laughs> made I, it very apparent <laughs> i love christmas i love it to bits it's the most wonderful time of the year paul isn't it it's there is something about christmas magical it's... is the word you're looking for isn't it <laughs> That's the word you wanted to say. Magical. I think he secretly loves it. I don't know if it's because I You've definitely brought it. it more out in me, really. I do like the, you know, the lights, the whole Christmas carols and all that kind of stuff. And especially more the food. <laughs> and the drink. Don't forget yeah, the drink, drink. Paul. Yeah, yeah. You're not complete Scrooge, let's just say that. Oh no, no, don't. No. That's good. So it made it special because we've got our Christmas tree and it's in our first home as well. So that was somewhat up in the corner while we were watching this Christmas movie. So I do feel very Christmassy and cosy and I think that anybody needs a little bit of cheering up, don't they, this year? Especially this year, yeah. I can see so many things on Instagram where people have posted the trees up and I'm thinking normally I would be like, people would be going, posted, put your tree up on the 1st of December. What's going on? That's far too early. But loads of people have even done it before me. I feel like I'm... Yeah, as we're recording this, this is the 29th mm -hmm. of November. So it's the weekend before it falls into December. So we had to do it then. We, yes, I, my tree always has to be up bang on the 1st of December or any weekend that falls before the 1st of December. Can't be afterwards because I've missed a full week. <laughs> yeah, you're very much on the belief of having the, for the entire month the tree up. Yes, especially because we get before. a real a real yeah. tree. So it's like you need to get your worth out of it. Yes. Also as well, you have a full month of Halloween. So It's, it's only fair, yeah. yeah it yeah. is only fair that we have a full month yeah. of Christmas. Okay. So... You are welcome, everybody, in advance. Um, unless you're not a very big fan of Christmas, but, you know. Who wouldn't be? And I'm sure if you're not, you won't be listening to us. Uh, anyway, <laughs> on to the review. And I'll preface this with the fact that 
we I should normally say this for most of the films we watch, but we will kind of be very spoiler heavy in this, really, for the main reason of how the film plays out. So I know I should say that most times, really, if people haven't seen the film, but I feel like if people want to go see this, they might want to not know the ins and outs of it completely. Yeah. So I, I think it's quite important, this one, despite what people might think it's really about based on trailers and stuff. This film, I really, really enjoyed it. It is a bit of a spoiler, um, so I do apologise. We are going to be divulging it, so if you don't want to know what happens, don't listen, and then watch it, and then come back and yeah, listen to it. Yeah, us. obviously, come back. And <laughs> we need don't, those listens. Yeah, don't not not listen, but <laughs> just pause us and then go and see it, and then then you can agree yeah. with us later. <laughs> or not, you know. Definitely going to agree. Well, maybe not with you, but with me, they will. Mm. It depends what side of the camp they sit on, really. Team Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> so, last Christmas, I gave you my heart, but the very next day... You gave it away. You broke it into pieces. So this year, to save me from tears, what am I going to do, Paul? I'm going to give it to someone special. I'll give it to you, shall I? You if you want. Yeah, I'll let you have it. So, first of all, let's just say the massive thing is this is a tribute to George Michael. Obviously, George Michael, I believe, passed away, was it in 2019 or 2018, roughly? I think it was around Christmas as well. I think this is set in 2017, so I don't know if it was around that time then, maybe, or just after that. I or think just a turn of... he was actually starting out with this, so he was actually working on this with Emma Thompson and everybody else and yeah. Emma Thompson was actually, believe it or not, a really close friend of George Michael. Oh, see. Um, well, I didn't know that. So, me something there. <laughs> so they were really close, so it was really close to her heart, so Right, okay. It was quite hard for her to then obviously when he passed yeah. away to carry on working on this project and she was kind of one of uh, your lead ladies. And she was one of the screenwriters, I believe, mm-hmm. for, for this as well, so yeah, yeah I guess that makes sense in this so she case. wanted to do George the best proudness that she could with finishing this film off. Okay. So there you go. Look at me knowing something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But obviously, before we get jump into the time period of 2017, we have a very brief inkling at the very start of the film in 1999, set in Yugoslavia, which is where our lead character and her parents and her, and her sister uh, mm-hmm. living mm-hmm. at this period of time. And it all seems like, you know, everything's all happy and thing there. You know, there's the choir going on and she's, our lead, as a young child, our lead lady is singing George Michael's song. Yeah. Now, the problem with me throughout this is I'm not too big of a George Michael fan or wham particularly. So no, I... for me, normally with me loving a soundtrack, it's very hard for me to love a soundtrack. I don't know many of the songs in, and in particular if it's being the same, practically the same artist. So the only ones I really know are like Faith and Freedom. Yeah. That's about it, really, from the whole film. So the other ones I'm like... And Last Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. But that's a, that's a given because of the other title is. But... Yeah. Now... I've actually am the opposite to Paul. 
I've grown up with George Michael played quite a lot in my household. My mum loves him to bits and I think it's one of her favourite artists. So for me, there was loads of other songs that I knew. I can imagine if they'd done this sort of like in a context with Beatles, I can imagine it would be wasted on me a little bit. Yeah. Until it's like the Yellow Submarine and all them annoying ones. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you say that, annoyings. Well, the Yellow Submarine is, is annoying. Come on. It's like it's one not my of the favorite song, weakest Beatles songs. But it's just like the last Christmas song for Wham. You think that's the weakest? Yeah. George Michael's other stuff is brilliant right. in comparison uh-huh. to Wham. Okay. There's also a history of George Michael didn't actually want to be part of a pop group. He wanted to branch out and do, do his own thing. His own thing and actually write his songs and not pretend to obviously there was a lot about his sexuality. Mm-hmm. So when he was with Wham, he had to pretend that he fancied girls and all of that yeah, yeah, yeah. and wasn't his true self so there's a lot of damage that wham probably impact his, his careers in a sense and yeah, probably his, his mentalness yeah. as well basically having to pretend is something is is not mm-hmm. so for me all songs i i actually knew yeah so i can get where you're coming from like vice versa if it would be a beatles track you'd love it i'd be like mm, okay yeah. i don't know what this is mm-hmm. Not that I don't like the Beatles, everyone. It's just my household didn't grow up with it. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's just... Yeah. yeah, so that for me, that's not a, a strong point with me, selling point for me for this film. Mm-hmm. So it's, it doesn't really do anything for me in that regard anyway, I'll say. Yeah, no, that's yeah. understandable. I think if some of the songs you don't know, I can get it. Not to say they're not bad songs. It's just I have no particular attachment to them or I don't go, oh, yeah, that's a or anything like that yeah. in a sense but anyway no I think it touched more probably to me yeah. I think to be yeah. fair yeah. so there's so many really good songs on there and the way that they kind of tie in emotionally I think work really well they have actually thought about right okay this is At this moment they play that song to match that character's feelings and yeah such like that yeah so our lead lady grown up Amelia Clark. Which is Daenerys, obviously, as everyone will know her. From Game of Thrones, yeah. Because that's the only thing I've seen her in. Apart from that advert, was was there an advert? Was it like a coffee advert or something? Yeah, yeah. That's the only things I've seen her in. I'm sure she has done other work. She's the mother of dragons and she's meant to be a badass. And in this, obviously, as, as hot as she is, She's normally really hot in Game of Thrones. Like, she's beautiful. Like, I would transform into her. In this, her character comes across as very ugly in the, the personality that... 100% agree. Very much so. Frumpy as well. She, you her, think? Yeah. And not her, actually, but I just think it's more like a Bridget Jones kind of style to her. She's... Yeah, I think I kind of get that sense of... Big knickers and... Yeah. Like that coat, that coat was god awful. It didn't do her like any the skin, yeah, print and all that kind of stuff. Very tacky and a yeah. yeah, no fashion sense really. I know all the clothes were not really, really nice. They weren't flattering for her to be honest, because she is a beautiful woman. And I think her character was oh woe is me a little bit. I feel yeah, sorry for myself. Yeah, very difficult. Very difficult to like at the start. You kind of don't really warm to her with her actions that she does. She kind of just sleeps around and you know. House to house thing and trying to find a place to sleep, and she isn't really doing well with the job and everything. She's just very unlikable. She doesn't care about anybody, I think that's it, or anything. She doesn't have a care 
for anybody apart from herself. Like she thinks, oh, well, I'll just go out and eat and drink and then find a random guy, hook up with him, sleep on somebody's sofa. So she's not got any responsibilities or anything like that. She's just a layabout. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't I didn't really like her at the beginning and I found it really hard to gel with her. Obviously, closer to the end, you understand the reasoning behind things and you kind of feel a little bit and she's coming towards the end. She is more compassionate and a bit more consoling and more thoughtful. And that's how the film wanted it to play out, obviously. That's you mm-hmm. you're kinda of like, oh, you know, really dislike her at the beginning and then she kinda of redeems herself as as time goes on yeah. throughout the story. <laughs> I love her job. Like I would really love to work with Santa. I know she's not called Santa really, but that's what Cat employer is yeah. Kat or Katharina. Yeah. But she prefers Kat or Kate because she's wanting to break away from her upbringing of in Yugoslavia. She's kind of being like, oh, I'm all, all about London now kind of thing. It's like, this is this is me redefining herself a bit to try and break away from all, all that. And so, yeah, so she works in a Christmas sh- shop, which I imagine, Eve, I think even you, after working there every, almost every day or whatever, you'd, you must get sick of that. She, she certainly does. She, she comes across... I wouldn't. I would be the best Christmas elf there is known to man. I would, 100%. I think maybe, to be fair, if it was open all year round, yes, I probably would. But That's what I mean. the run-up pro- from November to December, I would be the best Christmas elf in the world. No, but I think the shop was actually open all year round. That's what I'm saying. That so. shouldn't happen. Um, but then there is a shop in the lakes. The Lake um, District, yeah. And it's a Christmas shop. And to be fair, I went in September and I wasn't bothered. Well, not this September, obviously, because everything's closed. <sighs> no, last I think, September. I think it was summer last year, actually. Oh, it was your birthday, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. A year, year or so ago now, yeah. See, and I still, I embraced it, didn't I? You did, yeah. In terms of, like, especially early on, the humour, what did you make? Oh, of it... Of that? It had because. its moments for me. There were certain bits I actually thought were funny. Mm-hmm. There were other bits where it was a little bit like, mm, this is kind of now getting a little bit not not so funny. So there was when she was staying at her pregnant friend's yeah. house and she lit up by accident that boat thing yeah. and then like sitting on that paper, paper mache thing, thing paper or whatever paper. it is and stuff like that. That was kind of like getting a little bit annoying. Like I get she's clumsy and she's annoying, but it was like... This this doesn't happen in the real world, you know. So it's false. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the reason I say that is because the person who directed Paul Feig, who did Bridesmaids, oh no, he did The Heat. I think you've seen, I haven't seen it, but it's that one with Sandra Bullock and oh, Melissa yeah. McCarthy. I don't know if that's humour in that. I imagine that's a bit silly. Mm, yeah. And the female Ghostbusters. That doesn't really sell it, does it? There. Well, it doesn't for me. I've not even watched Bridesmaids all the way through. No, no I don't think I think somebody would. started crapping in the middle of the street and I thought, this is pushing it too far. Is that right? Is that what happens? As far as I can remember, yeah, it's a bit... I think I stopped bit... it there. It was like, who does that? Nobody does that. Sorry, this is not really a Christmas episode now, is it? No, I'm just, I just, <laughs> I'm just making the point of like, because of the... Th- Obviously, it's not as forced as that, but I can see that little sprinkling of yeah. trying to make it funny cringe that kind of thing going mm. on there was some where i couldn't handle it and then other bits of where it was like more clumsy bridget yeah. jonas yeah yeah that's kind of that vibe as well but one of the cringe bits for me particularly was when 
Santa, who's not really called Santa. She's played by Michelle Yeoh. And I'm sorry, you made that sound really cool then. <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it. Michelle Yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce her last name. And normally she's quite a good actress. But the bit where she's obviously having this encounter, this almost like meet cute because she obviously got a crush on this guy who comes into the shop and having this awkward like oh. across the counter, like, oh, do you know what I love or something? And they like some some something like that for cringe and then she gets out this Christmas gibbon yeah. thing in the shop which is full of tat and it's kind of speaks volumes of like how we've kind of just make anything Christmas. Yeah, we really do. Like and that was just a bit like ugh. I agree with you completely. I did feel like that was a bit weird. Also, I don't know if you thought I thought there was like something like a thing that had happened with them before, like they knew one another. Yeah, that wasn't really established. It's kind of just, it's almost like just given as a as fact of that was something that's previously established that we didn't know about kind of thing. But then I think actually it was just the first, both met one another in the shop and they fancied one another. Yeah. I think that's, it, it felt like one of those kind of, you know when you're really young and you're like looking at somebody and you're like infatuated, but it, it came off across as creepy. Like if it was little children. Yeah then it might not have looked so bad, but because it was like two adults like looked like they'd not had something in a long time. Yeah. It was... Yeah, that's what I mean by it. just kind of looked like really weird and cringy. It was like they was having sex with their eyes, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, it, yeah, I didn't like it, that. They may as well have just like gone like to the holding up the iron gun, like licking it, you like, oh. look at this, look at... I don't know, making some innuendos about something, but it's not far off from that, to be honest. But... And I think it was a bit strange that she didn't know how to pronounce his name, so she just called him Boy. Yeah. Which, like, he's a man. Call him a man. You're not dating a boy. <laughs> and all the while, Kat is feeling a bit, you know, down in the dumps about everything and stuff. But then she kind of catches a glimpse of this guy who seems a bit too good to be true. Kind of, kind of handsome looking. He was very handsome. I weirdly found him attractive. I think I might have seen him before, but... Yes, you will have done. Paul Feig also directed A Simple Favour which is that one with Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick, and he's that love interest in... Is he the dad? Yeah. And basically, the one where Blake is meant to be dead... Yeah, that's, and that's, mi- that's, missing that's, or... that's the one, yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, so... However, so. he's a lot more charming in Last Christmas. Oh, yeah, by far, yeah. He's the, he is the most loveliest character. He's like... By far, yeah. Who is like whatever everybody would like to be feel like, you know, you're charitable, you're caring, he puts his phone in the cupboard and he's wants to live life at every moment. And I feel like so part of me was thinking, I need to learn from him. I probably don't look up that often, like when I'm walking around, whereas like he was showing her to look up at the buildings and such like that. Normally I don't do that. I'm just like, I need to go here. Bzz, bzz. Yeah, just like most people who just get on with their busy lives. Yeah, but he really, really observed life and he, he would take time to live, I guess. But there's kind of reasons behind that, which I'll sort of get to. This is why we're saying about spoilers in particular, because <laughs> before going into this film, and I've heard reviews from, from last year, but obviously nothing specifically said, but I've got a feeling, well, if there's some sort of, something about it that I'm thinking right I'm going with this theory and 
not like reading into other people's reviews or anything or listening to theirs to know the full ins and outs of it but I kind of went in thinking is he some like sort of ghost something it's all in her head and I was pretty much on the money with that I was so disappointed so obviously when I'm looking through the, the clue the obvious clues like he's walking down the street with her and every time there's a person in the way he does like this spin thing like out of the way and she's like oh why are you doing that kind of thing and it's like well it's obvious because if he does the thing it'll be obvious that he's he's walking through people are just walking through him or something and then there's other stuff it's like where she's getting changed and people are whistling at her because he's like a oh, good job of covering up for me and, yeah. and things like that so i'm kind of going throughout the film going right well, yeah that makes sense because he's they're not the way the word is not directly saying you two or get out of here or whatever it's kind of or you and yeah. things like that and he was always wearing the same clothes now do you know I didn't twig on to any of this. I don't know if it would put me into a false like feeling and I was just like, oh, he's such a lovely character. My guard was completely left down. I wasn't thinking there was going to be a trick or anything like that within this. I just thought it was a lovely, genuine, nice Christmas movie, boy meets girl kind of movie. That's what I thought. Obviously, you'd overthought it, but you were right. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I didn't really... Twig on, I guess, was the fact of, I guess, where the title of the film comes from, really. Yeah. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, which he does to save her life, the heart transplant that she has, and it's kind of discussed in bits throughout the film. But I would have saved him over her. The fact that he was such a lovely, lovely character and a lovely man, genuinely he was, compared to this selfish, bratty kind of woman who after because like if I, that were me up in heaven and i'd given somebody my heart because obviously i for whatever reason i was no longer around and this person needed my heart and then we're seeing her going around drinking whatever she wants floozing with every other man i'm like excuse me you wouldn't be breathing love if you didn't or be alive if you didn't have my bloody heart mm-hmm. now start doing the right things mm, yeah so you kind of get that kind of moral behind it yeah. where he kind of tom becomes almost like guardian angel to her and kind of pushing her in the right direction and helping her yeah going to the homeless shelter helping them out and you know making friends through that and even simple things like with her work like with santa kind of saying oh well have you ever done anything nice for her maybe just get her a coffee or something like that you know simple things go a long way and i think this is what this was showing in this christmas film and i I think that's really what the the message of Christmas is for this particular film. You know, like the spirit of giving and just thinking about others rather than just yourself. Oh, you couldn't have said that better. That is literally what I love about Christmas is the giving. And I think that's what it should be about. And it's not thinking about everybody else. It's how you've hit the nail on the head. You've actually given me shivers, Paul. That is fantastic. <laughs> I said something right there in <laughs> regards to that. But I think that's what I'm trying to look for in, in terms of what the, the the message of the film is going for, and that's mm-hmm. certainly it. Yes, it is, and that to me is a good moral for a Christmas movie. It is quite sad for me, it was. I quite whelmed up, and it it is so clever the way they've done it with the song Last Christmas, I Gave You My Heart kind of thing, and I didn't even twig that that was going to be such a massive thing and that's why they kept they did play it a lot 
through the film. You know, it was sang and played. Yeah. But it never twigged in my head that this person was a guardian angel or he was there for her or part of her now because she had his heart. She'd kind of fallen in love and he said basically either way you would have had my heart and that it was that line that right yeah. got to me because like if they were together and he was alive and she was alive he would have given him his heart mm-hmm. anyways and it's the fact of that kind of poignant kind of sad moment yeah. where you looked stone cold and I'm like <laughs> yeah it's a really do anything for me oh I was going like I knew it kind of thing <laughs> I was when? like, what? What is this? I was so shocked because I'd let my guard completely yeah. down. Yeah. I was all feeling quite festive and quite happy with the movie. And you'd look over to you a little bit and think, oh, God, he's probably hating this. Not as much as I thought I, I would, to be honest, but I wouldn't say it would. I, was, I absolutely loved it, really. I'm not going to say every year we have to watch this. No, it's, it's, it, it's on the back of the box. It's just like... A new Christmas favourite or something. It's like, yeah, maybe now and again. It's not something you'd think, oh, yeah, let's get that out. It's every... not an every year yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. It's like we put Home Alone on every year. As and... I'm sure most people do. You know it word for word. Almost, yeah. But it's still, it's the nostalgia. It's it's a classic and it's just enjoyable to watch. Whereas this is like, a, I think maybe every other year, you know, when you've kind of forgot the story, I would generally like to rewatch it just before the fact of what you've seen already on the first watch, because I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, that certainly gives that's an edge to it to give that rewatch and go, oh right, yeah, point that out. I know, like we said, we've watched a lot of things where it's, you know, like Fight Club and stuff, where you're not so even though you did pick up on that the first time, is is he all in his head kind of thing? And yeah. yeah. I think that was more because it was, I think we'd a lot watched a lot that was the same of people being in the heads and had got used to kind of looking out for it. I think we haven't had as many leading up to leading up to this to keep me on the ball. And yeah. as well, to be fair to me, I just assumed it was a rom-com. And I think that kind of put me in that false kind of lull. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you kind of just thinking it was box standard rom-com. Yeah. Fair. But yeah, no. So it's good in that sense. I'll give it that. Hundred percent was. It keeps you on your toes for sure. It is really sad though to know that the character you like the most is dead. That <laughs> like what the hell? Because he's the most loveliest man alive. I don't even think any person out there is. If you are, please let us know. But I don't think anyone can be as lovely as he was. Like he is such a made-up character. Yeah, definitely. Because like I try to be good and nice, but I'm. Nobody's perfect. No, the sad fact is nobody is, but we try. We can only try. What do you think of Emma Thompson's character? She's amazing. I love Emma Thompson so much. She is a knockout in every single film. Like Yeah. yeah. We watched the Harry Potters recently with kind of Paul's being dragged, kicking and screaming to start from number one. All the way through. All the way through. You've watched some of them, but not to the back end, which I think you'll actually enjoy more of. Mm-hmm. But there's... Um, she Professor Tripolani or something like that. Don't ask me. Um, <laughs> and she's like this kooky Yeah, just professor. T- typical character thing that she would play, and she plays it so well. So well. And this, the fact that she's trying to be European 
have a different accent and keeping that and it's such a strong yeah very strong accent and she nails it she really does she does look a little bit older but i'm wondering if that's probably makeup because she's an older mother yeah but knockout of an actress she is amazing like any film that she's in i know i'm gonna love it because she, she's in it also the fact of that she was in love actually so if you haven't watched love actually which i'm pretty sure most people will have but actually when we when we did a review of the boat that rocked with mike Militello, if you're listening make sure you watch it this year yes you better watch it this year i can't believe nobody has not seen it it's like it's such a classic it's one of those things but it's i'd say it's fairly british so that we'll might let him off for a thing if you might not have even heard of it over there in the states or where you're from but wherever you are from if you haven't heard of it and you really want a good christmas film maybe stay tuned you never know what might be coming in line <laughs> well i think we can say that the back end of the month is more than likely going to be a review of that so if you want to see that ahead of time then we're giving you a a good month's warning about this so definitely and it's well it's an amazing film i do think this one was an easy easing us in a little bit it didn't have that christmas sparkle for me yeah that's the only thing there wasn't too much thing it's very modern in the way it was you know like a london Mm. street it was obviously had the lighting and stuff of you know the christmas lights up and all that and stuff and then working in a christmas themed shop being the main focus of it but it's like i say it was more to do with the whole being charitable and everything message of it all really more than anything and i think i definitely appreciated that but i think it was just that little bit of twinkle a little bit more of christmas edge and sparkle of like actually valuing christmas and that kind of side of things. I think a lot of other films make you feel like oh, it's definitely a Christmas film. Like, actually, you probably could have watched this in the summer. And, yeah, okay, it's really Christmas-related, but it wouldn't feel like you're properly watching a Christmas film. Yeah, I get what you mean. You know, like, like whereas Home Alone to me is, like, fully Christmas. The music's Christmas here. Everything about it is just Christmas. Whereas there were certain points where, actually, this is just a rom-com. I mean, like, there wasn't any, like, snow on the ground, so... That's pretty much a typical British thing anyway. It's like we hardly get any snow any time of the year around December. Lucky if we get lucky any if... in January, to be fair. But, um, yeah. yeah, so I guess in that sense, it kind of like doesn't make it feel that Christmas. It could just be like street lights up in the sense of just yeah. hanging around London. Would you watch it again? I probably would. So, you know, like, like I say, not come back to it like straight away next year. Like, well, let's get that out and put it on a rotation of maybe every other year or something, perhaps. Okay. That's, so it's not going to be like the Christmas and the Cranks where you just like, no. Yeah, just, no, just no. No with that. Absolutely not. No, no interest. <laughs> and then he thinks Diad's a Christmas film. Is, I think people will agree on that one. I don't think they will. And then you think Gremlins is as well. It's like, what is this? No. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm the queen of Christmas. I say <laughs> No. <laughs> And with that, we'll go to the <laughs> the scoring. So, what will you give last Christmas? Probably higher than what you'll give it. I have to think wisely about this because I know what's coming in store for the next couple of weeks. Uh-huh. And I know already what I want to score one of them. 
before I've even watched it. <laughs> okay. So I can't, on the principle of this, score this mega, mega high, but I don't want to underscore it either just because some of them are going to be a bit more knockout than this is. Okay. I think this definitely is really, really good with the George Michael side of things. That's definitely a point for me. That's probably a deduction on your side, but for me, it's a perk. It's got good morals behind it. It does make me sad that Tom is not alive, and that kind of does make me sad. I would have preferred an alternative ending where Tom is alive and right, they okay. get together and he still brings the good out in her, but it's all happy, happy, clappy. You know me. Love a happy, clappy at the end. Still was, but still bittersweet. It's got quite a bit of Christmas in it, but my mother of dragons, she's not as much of a badass in this and she's not seeming to be as pretty, but that means she's a good actress because she's versatile and she's playing a different role and it's just because that's all I've seen her in. You just kind of hone her in, like Rachel from Friends is always mm -hmm. the same character. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Which you can't always be the mother of dragons, can you, to be fair? I think <laughs> with all that in Tide in a Bow and obviously Emma Thompson being a brilliant actress as she is, I'm going to give it an 8.5. That's very generous. Well, it's Christmas. It's the time for giving and forgiveness, Paul. <laughs> Please don't be lower than a five. Oh, you, you'll be okay then. Okay. <laughs> Just buy one. <laughs> Just buy one, though, I'm afraid. I knew you were going to say that. It's so harsh. It's so harsh. You're a Christmas humbug. No, I'm not. For... Really, because like I say, the George Michael soundtrack really is not doesn't do anything for me. Like I've already exclaimed. Rest in peace, George Michael. Don't make him upset. No offense to him, but I just doesn't music's it doesn't it doesn't hit me emotionally or anything like that. It's just it's just there. I'll hit you emotionally <laughs> in a minute. <laughs> the message is being good to others and not thinking about yourself. It's a good message, but there is, like I said, there's not much Christmas other than that going on, really. The humour, especially in other parts as well, with things like those police officers, they were they're trying to be like a comedy duo act and they just fell flat. It just <laughs> some, I didn't some, mind some, some of the humour, it's just a bit like, you know, a bit forced. Mm. <laughs> also, that other bit that they're trying to do that thing with that clever switch of like when she's going to the house that's got all the lights in the parents' house. Oh, it's yeah. got all those lights on it and you think, oh, she's going to the house. And then always like the last second she did, turns and goes to the house that's right next to it. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, really? I mean, I could see that a mile off. I couldn't. So maybe so, I'm not that predictable. Yeah. And the only sort of real true enjoyment I got out of it in, in, in all fairness was the fact of like going in with a, the mindset of thinking, right, is this, is this guy ghost slash guardian angel? Look for the clues that indicate that, and at least that paid off for me being right on that. That's all you coming away with it is that you're right. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Apart from but the fact of the moral behind the movie is to be giving yeah. and thoughtful, but yes, I am right. <laughs> Sad to say, I didn't really feel anything like I didn't like feel upset like you did for when he for Tom, yeah. So there was no attachment, even though obviously it's 
the the fact of him not being real, but I was more in this. You already knew real. he wasn't, so you weren't. So it didn't really. Hit, so it's, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. I guess that's. So you really spoiled it for yourself so. because that's why I got upset because I didn't think he was a ghost. I don't even know why you thought that. I don't know. I just had a hunch, and I guess that hunch was correct. But I didn't know about that implication there, like I said. But and also that I did wonder, like the part when she's in the the doctors and there was the comedy bit there between Emma Thompson's character and her, and there's that thought, where's this going? But I guess that's there was to do with the checkup of how she was doing after her operation mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But because it must be hard to have your heart replaced. Yeah, you know, just a bit. You know, heart so heart surgery is very complex. No, but I mean, and then the after aftermath because to deal it's like with it, it's I know hum- you've got your brain, but there's a lot in your heart that is driven by that. You know, you've got your brain where it thinks, yeah. and your heart, you go with your gut, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you get what I mean. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a six from me. Boo, hiss, about the panto, <laughs> throw things at you. <laughs> well, I'm disappointed with the six, and I hope that it only gets better. I think it will do for what we've got lined up, especially more of the back end. But for now, folks, thank you very much for listening to this episode. And of course, you can check out all our other episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, and wherever else you may get your podcasts from. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just search for SB Film Viewers on there. Also, some very, very exciting news, which, if you haven't seen it already on our Instagram story, is now the SP Film Viewer logo can now be on multiple things on Public. So definitely go and check that out. Watch this space with it. It's really exciting. Yeah, so you've got things like there'll be T-shirts, vests, hoodies, notebooks, even masks. Give me a notebook. I want a notebook. And obviously, yeah, definitely jumping on the bandwagon with SP Film Viewer masks. <laughs> That's what's on there. So I'm thinking, well, why not? We all need them at the moment. So yeah, do go support us with that. So search for us SP Film Viewers on Public for that stuff. Brilliant. And also just generally check us out on Instagram. We'll be posting loads of Christmas stuff. Don't you worry. You'll get to see our tree up there. And I'll make Paul do a video of our Christmas lights because I have gone obsessed this year. Because we can't go anywhere, can we? So we might as well make Christmas special at home. Yep, definitely. So thank you once again, everybody, and we'll speak to you next time. Speak to you next time. Take care, everyone. Bye now. Bye.